We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Hello, everyone. Nathan Unruh here, and uh, welcome to another conversation, The Herd. And why, why I talk about The Herd is that the people that I've met in my life and people that have been around me uh, that have seen some tremendous success in all areas of their life, they have a tendency to have this attribute of a buffalo. And that buffalo is a reminder is that animal and why I love that animal so much is that being from South Dakota and living on the prairies, the buffalo has been a very part of our culture. And the biggest distinguishing characteristics of a buffalo from cattle is that when storms come in on the prairies, cattle have a tendency to see that storm and they run away from that storm. Well, buffalo will do the exact opposite. They see the storm and they head into it. Knowing if they head into it, they're going to get on the other side of it. And I think that's a great metaphor, metaphor for life that we can learn from that versus running away from storms, we've got to face those storms. And the more we face those storms, the more we learn, the better we get at being able to handle those things that happen. Because you know what? There's always a storm. We don't know what the next curveball is going to be. And I know the greatest leaders that I've met, they have that persistence and resistance to face the storms. So I have the honor today to have as my guest, Michael Johnson. Um, how I met Michael was through my son. My son, Lincoln, who is in college, um, is going is in school at Grand Canyon University, and he got the opportunity to meet Michael Johnson. And Michael has quite the story, and I'm going to have him tell that story in just a moment. But the thing that I've appreciated about Michael is that he's been my son's mentor. He's been his spiritual mentor. He's come alongside him and guided him and loved him and encouraged him and kept him accountable. And by watching Michael and what he's done with my son, Lincoln, and learning his story of how he's faced storms in his own life, and he's headed into those storms, and now what that he's learned from those, and the impact he's having on young men, and his heart for loving on those young men to help raise up other leaders, and providing attributes to them to help them succeed in life, I thought it was appropriate so that you could hear from him. So, Michael, thanks so much for making time. Just, I, what, just if we could kick the conversation off here is, tell us about you. Tell us about your story, what, what you're doing now, your family, and some of the storms that you faced in your life. Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Michael. I'm 44 years old, and I'm, I'm married, and I have five children, uh, three daughters, and two sons. Um, I work full time as an optometrist here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, but like Nathan said, my passion um, is to grow men, particularly in, in their faith in Christ, so that when the storms of life do come, uh, they'll be strong uh, to uh, to stand and um, and and not fall. And so um, Nathan just asked if I would share a little bit of my story. Yes, my story. Um, 
I was adopted twice, is how I like to um, describe it. I was an Arizona foster child and um, lived in a group home, one group home and three foster homes um, before I was adopted with my younger brother. I was eight years old when I was adopted the first time. Um, my younger brother was five. Um, shortly after the dad died. So it's like I was born into a storm, you know, and um, it got better, but then storms kept coming. Um, when I, uh, my, in my teenage years, I um, rebelled a lot and my, I basically wrestled with the, the big questions of my life, which were, why did all these things have, have to happen to me? You know, uh, why was I born in these storms? And so um, I kind of coped with that question um, by playing sports, um, you know, sexual immoralities, um, just temporary kind of feel goods. It's kind of like a hole in my heart that I kind of tried to fill. But at the end of the day, um, I didn't get that question answered. And so this, this kind of continued on, um, although on the outside, I was... Uh, you know, uh, pretty much a straight A, A, B student, uh, went to college on scholarship, scholastic athlete. Um, but um, on the inside, I am still wrestling uh, with that, with these questions. Why was I born in such difficult storms? And so um, uh, when I was 19, I was at uh, this time of my life, I was a sophomore in college and um, I got uh, my girlfriend pregnant and we decided well um, to place this child for adoption and so at the time I didn't think that a child needed a dad and so um, I thought that was the best decision uh, that I could do at the, for, uh, with, with that and so that in itself was a storm because I, I felt um, terrible afterwards and that event um, led my, that girlfriend to Christ into a relationship with God. And so now she's, uh, she's began to um, bring me to places where I would hear the gospel and hear about Christ. And, um, it, and initially, you know, I was an atheist and I, I didn't grow up with any religion or anything like that. And so I just, I denied um, anything, you know, burning bushes, people, rising from the dead, um, walking on water, all of it it's in my science brain was just ridiculous and foolish. And so, but she continued to pray for me and, and, and bring me to places where I would hear um, the good news about Christ. And one day I was 25 years old. At this time in my life, I was in graduate school. And um, it just, you know, she, she invited me to, to church. And I said, okay. And that day, it was September of 2003. And, um, you know, it all just made sense that I'm a, I'm a big fat sinner, you know, that I, I myself am in need of a savior. You know, I had gone there that day in, um, in hoping to find an answer for my brother. Because my younger brother was in his own storm. He was uh, addicted to um, alcohol and, and drugs at the time. And I was watching him for the previous five years die in front of me. And so I thought maybe I'll, maybe I'll, you know, I'll go and find an answer for him. But, it, but that day it really hit me that I, I, I need a savior. And so um, what I had heard was that God uh, didn't send his son, Jesus Christ into the world to punish the world, but rather to save the world. And that this Christ was the way to a loving father, which I had never known. 
And um, so by by God's grace, I felt I found myself at the front of that little church, um, you know, repenting and confessing sins and receiving Jesus Christ not only as my Savior, but as my Lord. And on that day in September of 2003, that's when I got my second adoption. You know, Nathan, it costs money to adopt a child. We place a child for adoption. Um, my mom adopted us um, and she paid, I don't know exactly how much, but she paid a dollar amount to adopt us boys. Uh, out of the Arizona foster care system. And I learned um, by, by reading the scriptures that God, our father in heaven, also paid a price to adopt me into his family. And that price was the blood of Jesus. And so in my new life in Christ, one of the first things that I did was, um, and this is a real miracle, is I, I got on Costco.com and I bought that girlfriend of mine a wedding ring and we've been married now for 17 years and it's a beautiful thing and um you know that that child that we had placed for adoption um when she was in her early teens she, she wrote a letter to me and uh wanting to forgive me and wanting to have a relationship We're reconciled and um with my with, with our first daughter and so now she's 23 years old and, and that's and that's amazing um she has full blood siblings um she's you know i've mentioned i have five children so i've got two sons and uh including her three daughters and um and so that that's awesome and one of my sons is from the arizona foster care system we my wife and i uh, early on in our marriage um walking with with jesus we wanted to serve him and together and so we thought well, how can we do that and so adoption um you know taking care of an orphan um came to mind and and so we did we uh, we reached out and um first we fostered uh, this little boy and then we finally adopted him he's 10 years old now and so you know those are just a couple of things that are just amazing and awesome i don't want to say that everything walking with jesus has been rainbows and butterflies because it hasn't been it, we, there has been some very difficult storms while um having a relationship with god through christ one of those was about three years after i received christ my younger brother who i mentioned earlier he ended up shooting himself and died and so at this time of his life he was 26 years old and um you know he also had a hole in his heart that he was trying to fill and he filled he tried to fill it with alcohol and drugs and he ended up committing suicide and so that was probably the low part of my life and i actually had the thoughts um the thought of com committing suicide myself but god was with me and i had a louder voice and the louder voice was i will not die but live and will proclaim what the lord has done and so I had a choice to make. You see, I could do what I was thinking or I could follow um, the voice of what I believe is the Lord speaking to me and giving me a way out. And so obviously, by faith, I chose uh, the, the, the latter, you know, and, um, and, it's, and God at that in, in doing that has given me purpose for my life. You know, I, I work full time and I'm a, I'm a husband and I'm a dad, but the real God-given purpose for my life is just that. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. And um, so, you know, back to the theme of the storms, um, there's been other storms that have come in, um, but God is always with us to help us through the storm. 
his God is like that big buffalo. You know, he goes before us and he runs he runs through the storm and we just follow after him and he makes a way and he's, he's with us always through the storm. And um, I'll just, you know, I'll end my um, short testimony with the Bible verse. Um, it's from 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says, those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Love it. I love it. What a wonderful story. And, and, and I appreciate as you face those storms and I, I, number one, thank you for your vulnerability and just telling us that I, I you know, that's laid uh, uh, on your heart to go mentor these young men. And now you're a busy doc. You got a family of five. And I know how hard you work to mentor these kids. Why? Well, you know, um, the, 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 the passion comes from, from Christ inside of me, really. And the, the root of it is I mentioned my younger brother who shot himself and died. He was a great big guy. You know, he played four years of football at URI. He was 260 pounds, six foot three, um, nothing but muscle. And um, however, when the storms of life came, came in, into his life, the temptations of the world, if you will, um, you know, sex, um, parties, you know, drugs, alcohol, he wasn't um, strong in his faith to resist those temptations. And so it, it made, and in doing so, he was living in a storm and not, not really trusting in God through the storm, but rather looking to alcohol and drugs and and ultimately he shot himself and died and so um one of the things that i do is once a month i um volunteer at teen challenge teen challenge is not for teenagers it's for young men mainly in their 20s and so um these men um need discipleship they need uh, mentoring and I've been doing it for the past 10 years. And what I've seen over the, over the course of volunteering down there is that when uh, a, a man can trust God to be their buffalo through the storm, if you will, they make it. They, and they live and they survive. And their lives can be completely transformed. And then they can start to be part of the solution rather than being part of the, of the problem. And I've seen that in my own life. Um, reaching out and adopting a child, being a part of the solution rather than being part of the problem. And, you know, I just make it real clear that I'm not the solution. It's Christ inside of me. However, I partner with Christ uh, and, um, and, and God does beautiful things. And so the, the passion, when I see a young man like, like your son, Lincoln, and his friends, um, you know, these these young men are, are are not very far different and not very far off than the men at Team Challenge. They're in their 20s. I, guys at Team Challenge, some of them were football players at ASU. They were um, pre-med. Some, you know, had awesome um, futures ahead of them and, and still do. However, they made um, a bad, some bad choices and found themselves in a storm of life. And then they began trusting on, on other things to get them through the storm rather than trusting in, in the Lord, trusting in Jesus Christ. And so I, um, the Lord in me has compassion for these young men like your son. 
to grow them in their faith so that they can resist the temptations of the uh, of, of the world and um, and make it through the storms of life. Because like you said earlier, Nathan, we're either coming out of a storm or we're going into one. And yeah. um, it can be it can be a nice calm day. We get a lot of beautiful days here in Phoenix, Arizona. But then those clouds can roll in and you find yourself in a storm. And um, that wasn't even your fault. Yeah. So as you look at leadership and as you're pouring into these kids and some of the things that you've learned over the years in being in the position that you are today, what are some of the, the key attributes that you see in great leaders? Well, um, the greatest leaders have a real genuine relationship with Christ and, um, and are able to display God qualities or characteristics that kind of overflow through their life. You know, um, so love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control are just some of the fruit of the spirit that you're going to see in, in good, in, in good leaders. Say those one more time. I want everybody well, they, to hear those again. Sure. Um, love and, and joy and peace, patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those things are going to kind of overflow through, through every good leader. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we, you, when, when you mentor the guys, when I mentor my guys, um, you know, I encourage them and challenge them, um, you know, if they will abide in Christ and, and, and walk with Christ slowly, um, not slowly, but intimately, then um, their life will, will, will produce those God characteristics um, through, through their life. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, so um, if you if you think about some leaders that have been in your life that are either in your life been in your life before people that, you know, or don't know, who are some people you would point to as great leaders? Sure. So in, in my personal life, um, the second most influential man in my life was a man named Wayne Schuert. And he recently passed away, but he was my mentor. And he mentored me for seven years. And we met um, once a week for an hour and a half um, for seven years. And then he um, retired and moved off to La Jolla. But, um, you know, he really had a, a intimate relationship with God, for one. And he had a passion uh, for discipleship and a passion for the Great Commission, which is to make disciples and then to, um, to teach them um, to obey and to walk intimately with the Lord. And then also he had a passion for um, teaching or discipling um, men to be able to disciple other men. And so, you know, he rubbed off on me, you know, he's the one that brought me to Team Challenge. And, and I remember the first time he took me down there, um, he, um, he had prepped me first, but he said, Michael, I want you to take five minutes and share your story with the, with the men at Team Challenge. I about wet my pants, you know. I was uh, afraid. You know, when, when, I first started, when I first started sharing my story, uh, I couldn't even talk about it. I would just start crying, you know. But, but he prayed with me, and he, um, he's, you know, he was patient with me. 
And um, he helped me, you know, be able to talk about some of the storms of my past. And, and then he took me to a place where I could share that with others. And that really helped to grow my faith. You know, if you want to see someone um, grow in their faith, one way is to get them into an uncomfortable place. If they go to an uncomfortable place, then they have to rely and trust in the comforter, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the great comforter of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so back back to your question, he's been in, in my life, the, the second most influential man in my life. You know, I never had a dad, you know, and, and so we have our father in heaven, but but, but he's invisible. So how, how do I do the husband thing? How do I do the, the, the parenting thing? I had no idea. How do I do finances with another person? You know, all those um, practical life lessons I can go to Wayne for and say, hey, you know, my, my wife is the spender and I'm the, I, I'm, I'm the saver here. How, how can we make this work? Because I'm, I'm, I'm grangy with her when she's out. You know, every time she goes to Target, she spends it over 100 bucks, you know, and, she, and she's not going to be accountable. And so Wayne, you know, he prayed. He, him, him and his wife would, would have us over. And um, and they pray for us and they would counsel us and they would say, this is what we do. This is what has worked for us. You know, and they, they were married 60, 60 plus years. And and so um, not only that, when, when, when the children started coming, you know, Wayne was always there um, to encourage, to challenge um, and um, just to kind of mentor me through through all the, you know, all the processes and so really one of the things that he had that kind of rubbed off on me that I believe the leader, a godly leader has is a servant's heart. You know, they have a heart to serve. And, um, you know, and that comes from, from the Lord. He, he says that he didn't come to be a, to be served, but he came to serve others, to give his life as a ransom for many. And so following that, you know, um, you know, that rubbed off on me into to be a, a leader, a godly, a godly leader in my own house. You see, my wife came to Christ first. And so she saw me as a, as a spiritual infant or a baby, if you will. I wasn't a leader, a godly leader. It, it took meeting with Wayne and growing my faith. And um, in, in, in growing my faith, one of the things that came about was just serving, washing the dishes, changing diapers, you know, mowing the grass, honey, you know, I work all day and then I come home, you know, ready to serve, ready to work. And one day, my, my wife, I was washing dishes and, um, you know, we had the children were small and I was exhausted. But my wife came up behind me when she put her arms around me and, and she said, I'm so glad that um, that you are a spiritual leader in our home. And so I, I just remember, and, and from that day forward, you know, it was um, initiating prayer or, you know, things of, of God in, in the house. Um, I, I'm, I'm the spiritual leader, and I did so by becoming, you know, the greatest servant in the house. And yeah. so now, now my wife is also a great servant also, but, but together we're, we're a good team, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but, but uh, one of the qualities of a good leader is, is also just being a servant, having a servant's heart. Um, another one is, is, some, is a man who can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we, we know that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us when we receive Christ. But you need to learn how to be empowered and to be led and, and controlled by the Holy Spirit. By the way, those 
those characteristics that I mentioned earlier are all a fruit of the spirit. And so if you're being led and being controlled and by the Holy Spirit, those things are going to are going to um, kind of overflow through your life. A faithful man, you know, I, I encourage the men, um, Lincoln and, and his friends, to be fact men, uh, faithful, available, committed, and teachable. And so those are four other qualities of a leader. You know, faithful is trustworthy. By the way, your son is is a 12 on the scale of 0 to 10. He's a 12. He's, he's a faithful, he's a fact man, and he has been from the very beginning. I didn't, have to, I didn't really have to teach him these things. Um, Lincoln is... Uh, and it's just he he's he's got that that as a gift. Maybe he's learned that from you. Um, but he's uh, if you can mentor a fact man, faithful, available, committed, and teachable, they're just um, a real blessing and a joy to mentor because they're um, trustworthy. You know, if they say they're going to come over at seven o'clock. You know, they're going to show up at seven o'clock, and they're going to have their Bible in hand, and they're going to be ready. If they can't make it by seven. You know, they're going to shoot you a text or a call and, and they'll be respectful and tell you that they're not going to make it uh, available. You know, they're busy, too. You know, the next generation, the guys in their 20s, um, they're full time college kids. And, you know, they, they can do a million other things. Um, but if, if, if they're making themselves available, that is amazing. And um, and um, that's a, a quality that you look for. And, um, and when you disciple committed. You know, I, I tell them, um, hey, we're going to we're going to meet for at least a year and um, we're not going to um, we're going to have scripture memory. We're going to read our, our Bibles. We're, we're, you know, we're not going to the only way I'm not going to be committed to you is is if, you know, I'm I'm hit by a cement truck or I'm caught up in the rapture. I'm going to be there. You know, you, you I'm committed to you and I want you to be committed to me. And then finally is teachable, um, which is humility. You know, if you, you, you got a guy, um, you know, Lincoln, I, I believe his grandfather was a pastor, mm -hmm. I believe. And, and, and you know, we, we, when we read through the scriptures, he knows all that stuff. He's heard all that. And, and um, however, he'll be patient and he'll he'll be teachable. You know, he, he's always he's open to hear in another um, perspective. Um, and, and that's huge. If, if a young man thinks they know everything then they're going to be difficult to disciple and mentor and so um a fact man and and so you know lincoln is is a fact man and, and he's he's uh now i didn't say a fat man now you can just disciple fat guys okay it doesn't matter the size you know but but you want them to be a fact man they you know what i like that i like it I, i'm gonna yeah. use that that what a great acronym fat faithful mm -hmm. Available, available, committed, committed and teachable, teachable. Teachable. teachable, teachable. Yeah, and there sometimes I'll I'll um, add on the S, which is surrendered. You know, you mm. want their heart to be surrendered to God. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of times they're they're becoming more surrendered as as the discipleship process goes along. You see them mm -hmm. um, growing closer uh, in their relationship with, with God, and um, they're becoming more surrendered as time goes on. Yeah. You know, another attribute of a of a um, a leader is a um, a spiritual multiplier. You know, he had a leader has a vision. You know, uh, and and it and it's um, aligns with with God's vision. Um, um, a spiritual multiplier. You know, we, our legacy. We you know we we think not just for the next generation, but when we go, we we want the next generation to be able to 
disciple the next generation and the next generation. Um, and so you want, a, a, you know, a, a quality of a leader has a vision. And um, it, it's also, um, in my opinion, aligns with God's will and God's vision. You know, so one of our, we, we have goals, you know, when, when we, um, when we uh, meet and we, we don't just meet and don't have any goals. So if you don't have any goals, you won't, you won't have a, there'll be no target, you know, and, and you just kind of, you know, you'll, when, when, um, when the guy's um, parents ask them, well, what are you doing? They'll, they won't have a goal. And so I hope that Lincoln has shared the goal with you guys, but um, one of the goals is to be a, a, a disciple maker, you know, to, to multiply. And that comes from second Timothy two, two, um, which Paul is, is writing to Timothy and he's saying, which by the way, um, he, Timothy regarded Paul as his spiritual dad in the faith. He was his mentor. And, and Paul, the, the, the mentor is talking to the mentee and he's saying, Timothy, the things which, which I have, which you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, I'm entrusting to you a faithful man who is now qualified to teach others. And that's second Timothy two, two. So I put that before the guy. I say one day, and I think Lincoln's ready now. I told him this. I pulled him aside and told him, I say, one day you're going to be able to lead a small group or mentor at least one person. And it's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just what the things that you've seen us do, you'll be able to do that one day when you have, when, when the Lord leads you. And so, you know, they think about that. I'm sure in their brain, they think, well, I have no time right now, but, but one day they will, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, I love it. I love it. So ton of meat in this conversation. And first of all, your story is amazing. And I'm so thankful that you leaned into all those storms and you've used those storms to help be that multiplier, to be and teach us about being a, a fact human being or a fact man. Uh, I'll never forget that right there. That was worth the price of admission just hearing that. Uh, I, I hear the words of surrender. I hear of the, the fruits of the spirit and so many great lessons there about what it takes to be a great leader. So I hope as you listen to this and you'll listen to it again, You'll, you'll write these things down. You'll take a reflection on, your, on yourself and use these tools in this conversation to say, hey, when I hit these storms of life, this is the stuff that it's going to take to get through it. And, and, and Michael is so right that we're either headed into a storm or just coming out of a storm. And so we've got to prepare ourselves. We have to equip ourselves with the right tools, with those right attributes. And so, Michael, thank you again for this conversation. I know it will touch, touch many lives. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com. 